long as good football fans, welcome back to the Fourth and a Mob podcast alongside my good friends, Brady Bradley and Jeremy. My name is Josh. We appreciate you all tuning in. So it is wild card weekend and it is currently in progress, boys. How are we doing? We are great. We've had what four games down? Three yes. games down? Um, four. Yeah, four games down. The fifth one is currently in progress while wow, we made it there. Um, three of them have been blowouts. And one was a good game. And right now, there's a good game going on. The question that I have is, Jeremy, as a Packers fan, who is your preferred matchup right now? Not the Niners. <laughs> if, well, if the Niners win, you're getting them, right? They're, they're good at all of the things that the Packers are not good at. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting matchup. I mean, so are all the other teams, but. They're a little banged up, though. Fred Warner might be. Uh, done for the year. I know. I I hate to. Nick Bosa too. Nick Bosa got a concussion, so he'll probably be back next week. Warner's did. Warner's looked like non-contact. Yep. That's you never want to hear that. Well, and the thing is, I mean, I don't know if we might be foreshadowing too much. Green Bay's possible NFC Championship matchup against Tampa Bay. Tristan Wirfs got banged up pretty good today. Jensen got banged up pretty good today too. So. Um, some injuries playing a fold. That's that's how important that first round buy is too. That, that free week to to get healthy as as the Packers are and the the rest of the league isn't um, doing the same. But we are talking coaching changes today. So the teams that are out of the playoffs get the headlines today. Um, so what we're doing today, we're we're going what we call a coaching chase. So we are giving our favorite candidate um, for each of the teams that are looking for a head coach. Um, and then we're going to talk about some teams' top targets. Um, so basically, this is like fixing each of these teams. So we're starting from the NFL draft, um, picks one through eight. So all the teams that are outside of the playoffs, one thing that could help this team um, take the next step and maybe even make the playoffs. So basically, uh, you could call it their New Year's resolution or a way for them to improve. Um, and then we'll obviously finish with our ones got to go. But let's start with coaching changes. We are going to start with our favorite team, the Houston Texans, the team that we get to talk about all the time. Who is your favorite for this position or who do you like the most for the Houston Texans position? So one thing that I thought was interesting was Jared Mayo, or excuse me if I'm pronouncing his first name incorrectly. Gerard. Gerard Mayo, the linebackers coach for the Patriots, is the favorite, like the betting favorite, which is kind of interesting. But for me, it's Brian Flores. I think – um, especially he has an affinity for wanting to work with Deshaun Watson. If that relationship is salvageable in Houston, it very well could not be. I think that could be a match made in heaven uh, for Brian Flores and wanting to work with uh, you know, Deshaun Watson. I heard, and I've heard it's also the other way around that Watson uh, shares that for Brian Flores. So that is my pick for Houston. I also have Brian Flores. Uh, reason that Josh just alluded to. The other reason is he's a good football coach. Oh yeah, uh, he, probably the best coach that got fired. Uh, he's definitely going to be coaching somewhere next year, and I think Houston's a really good fit for them. I'm I'm boring. Flores was also my option. Um, I was very surprised to see him be let go. Uh, he did a really really good job, I think, in that organization. Did a really good job of building that defense, and I think if they can do that in Houston, they have a blueprint to succeed. Because I think Mills is. I think he can be serviceable at the least and at least to be a game manager. So if they could come in and he could immediately sort of revamp that defense, they have a a chance to be competitive next year. 
I agree. I I had Brian Flores, so Queens clean sweep there. Um, we're moving to the team that he coached previously, the Miami Dolphins. In my opinion, this is the least desirable job out of all of them. It, it, that might be bold mm. prediction, but I I would I would say out of all these positions, this one is the least desirable um, going for him. Who is your candidate for the Miami Dolphins? Uh, Brian Flores, <laughs> but uh, no, um. So I have Brian. <laughs> Are you talking about the guy that just I thought fired? you were serious. I thought oh. you were serious for a oh. second. I was like, I, they just fired him. Yeah, that like my the joke is, ha they shouldn't have fired him. Really runs over well. I'm really working on my comedy career. Um, so Brian Dable, um, is, is my pick for Miami. Uh, he had worked with a mobile quarterback with not consistent running back play and was able to make it work in Buffalo. Obviously, there's levels to that quarterback play, but maybe he's used to that and it would translate well to Miami. Um. And that's who I had. So Brian Dable. I also had Brian Dable. Uh, just to get the, the division foes, offensive coordinator would be a mm-hmm. really, really good get. For the fourth team is Jets are looking at the Bills. So what the best best thing to do, in my opinion, is snag the guy that's in charge of their offense, their bread and butter. Obviously, Dolph, or the Bills have a good defense too, but a lot of what Brian Dable does can correlate to what the Dolphins want to do. So I I went a different direction. Thank I, goodness. <laughs> I did too. Don't worry. Thank he God. does it. It when I first kind of thought about it, I I like the fit, but it also does kind of seem like a lateral move based off of who you just let go. But I went with Jim Caldwell. Uh, It's a name that probably doesn't get a ton of kind of hotness to it, but I think he's somebody that shouldn't have lost his job when he did. Um, And I think he's, he's to Bradley's point before, like I think he is a good football coach. And I think sometimes that gets overstated in the sense that like the new, new hotness of names, the young guy, the genius, whatever, like, Caldwell is very good at what he does. I think he's a very good leader. He's a mild-mannered leader, and I think it's something that that organization could use. Supposedly, Flores rubs some people the wrong way, whatever. I I think Caldwell is, uh, like I said, very mild-mannered. I think he fits that type of organization, and I think he'd be a good leader for them. See, when you said you went the uh, different direction, I didn't think we went in the same exact direction. I went with Jim Caldwell as well. I I think it's – yeah, I think it's a great fit. a team that, like I said, I feel like doesn't have that great of an outlook because of the the coach and the GM and the owner not seeing eye to eye. I feel like Jim Caldwell brings everybody together. And if you hear all the people in Detroit that, that Jim Caldwell coached, I mean, they couldn't speak bad words about him. So um, in my opinion, this is a good hire for Miami. Um, so we'll see. We'll see where they go with that. Let's move to the Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously, they still have their interim head coach, um, Rich Basachi. Do you guys think they stay that direction or do they go somewhere else for their head coach? I do think they uh, stay with that direction. Like they finished 10 and seven with a lot of things that didn't go their way. Like the Henry Ruggs fiasco, um, Darren Waller, arguably their best player, not having what he would be described as a good year for him. Um, and they still finished tops uh, or 10 and seven and made it to the playoffs. I think, there's a lot to be said about consistency and especially when it's not objectively bad uh, coaching and wanting to steer that ship in the right direction. 
I went Eric Bieniemy. Ooh, I would similar love to get a head coaching job. Yeah, I, he deserves it. But similar reason why I picked Brian Dable for the Dolphins. Everybody looks to try to replicate what the top of the division does, and, and Eric Bieniemy is a great mind. <laughs> the the biggest the biggest question for Eric Bieniemy is can he call a game, right? Because Andy reads the one that's calling the game. But I, I think I, I think Eric Bieniemy calls the, the calls the plays. Does he? I, I believe I've heard he does. Of, I've I heard otherwise. I'm, I'm not as well. very well in I totally with. could be wrong, but either way, Eric Bieniemy has his fingerprints all over that offense. And obviously, Derek Carr is not Patrick Mahomes, but there's a lot of good things that they do outside mm-hmm. of Patrick Mahomes in that offense. I'm looking it up right now. I I believe it's Eric Bieniemy that calls the plays, but I I'm not a hundred percent sure. Jeremy, and Mike, your, and Mike Mayock really is trying to replicate what uh, what Kansas City is all about, it seems like. With with the Henry Ruggs pick, they tried to get that guy. They know what Tyreek Hill does to a defense, and they try to get that elite speedster. So I feel like Las Vegas would do the same thing and just poach their offense coordinator. Yeah, I could see that one. Um, I, I had Bisacci, but I think he's done everything he could to keep that job, but I don't really think – they will because it just sort of like the Caldwell thing. Like, I just don't know if they're going to look at all these other names because he's definitely not the hottest name that they could potentially right. go for. And so I kind of, I kind of tend to think that they're going to end up going somebody outside. So I did pick an outside potential too. And that one for me would be Todd Bowles. I feel like he's oh. definitely earned the right to have one. He kind of fits that like tough, tough minded type of personality there. Um, but also very, forward thinking and I think he's kind of earned a second chance of being head coach that that's an interesting one um for me I so I hope it's Rich Basachi. I don't know if you guys saw the video of him with Zay Jones where he uh Bisacci came up to him he said like you're doing great and he's something something along I, those lines. Do, yeah, yeah. I was like these players want to run through a wall for him I would hope that they give him a chance <laughs> I don't think that's the direction they're going to go I believe I gave this name earlier um I went with Jim Harbaugh to the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they need structure. Um, They have a quarterback that Jim Harbaugh would like in Derek Carr. um, And they just, I I feel like they need structure. And I feel like that's what Jim Harbaugh would give. If he goes to the NFL, I believe it's either the Dolphins or the Raiders that he would choose. But there was also something servicing about Basachi writing letters to each and every one of his players after the game last night, just like thanking them for the season. So awesome. (laughs) I... I don't know. I also think this could be Mayox last year if he has another bad draft. Oh, as it should be. Yeah. He, he has, hasn't been great. He has not had not been great. good. Especially when his draft picks are supposed to be like culture his, picks, like where it's like I, it's supposed to change the culture of, of Raider football. So not great. Let's move on to the number one pick in this draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars. What do they do with their head coaching position? I, I went with Byron Leftwich. I feel like it's a pretty easy one. Um like when you're looking for structure, you're looking for something to kind of center the organization. Like why not bring back somebody who's super beloved? And then not to mention like somebody who I think has earned it and deserves it. And I think would really bring a calming sense to, to Trevor Lawrence. I think working with Tom Brady has really helped the evolution of Byron Leftwich. I think he was really good of where he was in the setup that he had in his trajectory, but having Tom Brady in a mind like that, and seeing what he's seen for the last 20 years has really helped progress 
left, which as well. So I think he can come in and do a very, very good job and help instill that into Trevor Lawrence. Let's not forget he was an interim head coach too before Tom Brady. So he's got some experience too with it. I, Jeremy, you could not have said that any better. Uh, I went with Byron Leftwich, and for all the reasons you just said, you hit the nail on the head. Thanks, Bradley. Yeah, I. It just <laughs> makes too much sense. Friends. That's who I. <laughs> um, Another clean sweep. I had Byron Leftwich too. Sorry, Josh. No, you, I did nothing else to say. They already said it. Okay, let's move on to all of our division rivals, the Chicago Bears. What do they do with their head coaching position? I think the best opportunity for them is Doug Peterson. Uh, talk about a guy that's had head coaching experience. I think that's the biggest thing that Chicago needs. They need structure. They went with Nagy and I didn't really think it worked out. I just, from the start, they had a really good defense, but it just didn't seem like the offense clicked. Like they didn't know what they were doing. Doug Peterson's been there around the time or two. And I think RPO style is going to be Justin Fields name of the game. And Doug Peterson was very good with it with both Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. I think this would be a home run hire for, for Chicago. Yeah, I, I like those reasons a lot. I went with Eric Bieniemy. Um, has experience working with a mobile quarterback. I know Mahomes is maybe not as much as Justin Fields uh, with a strong arm. Could potentially use Mooney as like a diet Tyreek type of role. Um, little don't smaller. Don't do that. Don't do that to Mooney. I don't like that. <laughs> I, I think it'd be Eric Bieniemy would have some weapons that he could utilize and maybe get some other. If they somehow convince Allen Robinson to come back, potentially use him better than what he already was. So um, I had Eric Bianami. Couldn't have used him worse than what you did I, I last couldn't, year. So. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> uh, for me, Chicago Bears, if if they're looking to get the most out of Justin Fields, Brian Dables, the, the class of his own for them. Um, I feel like what he did with Josh Allen, Justin Fields isn't the same stature he's not six six like just like josh allen is but justin fields can move he can throw he's got a big arm brian dable can get the most out of justin fields if they're locked in with justin fields to be their quarterback of the future which i believe they are i believe they look at brian dable as their next head coach and i feel like it would be a good fit and it's a similar roster too so it does make a lot of sense yep Brady, i feel like you and i are on the same wavelength tonight that is a that is also who i had for the reasons you laid out, I just think it's a really good, really good marriage there to try to get the best out of Justin Fields and set him up to be successful. Did I interject here just for a point? So what really quick thoughts on your overall, like a defensive coordinator who is under a defensive minded head coach or an offensive coordinator that's under an offensive minded head coach. Like, do they, they get a, do they get some, slack for not having as much to do with their success or what are you guys' thoughts on that? Who is this in reference to? Like the Eric B enemies or the Nathaniel Hackett, like those. So they, they definitely get a step down, like from their like image, basically saying it's not their system. So like uh, Eric B enemy, I feel like that's one of the reasons why he hasn't gotten a head coaching job is because of being under um, Andy Reed's offense. Uh, but I, in my, I don't know if this was in reference to Dable at all, but I, I feel like him basically running that system where McDermott's a defensive-minded coach, correct? Correct. I think so. Yes. Yep. So uh, for me, it's like he's just developed that whole offense into being – I mean, we saw him on Saturday night. They're ridiculous. Literally could not have done better. Like right. they scored a touchdown on every single drive. If anybody was like interviewing Brian Dable, I'd just be like, here – 
here's my <laughs> watch this game we don't even have an interview that's my resume right there like <laughs> negative temperature oh my goodness let's talk new york giants who is a possible <laughs> head coach for the new york giants so if i'm being honest this one i think of these options i have the less least amount of like conviction behind but i put nathaniel hackett i thought just being an offensive minded guy who's kind of similar to Byron Leftwich, like he's been around greatness and Brady. Um, Hackett's been around greatness and Rogers and getting, you know, having that feed off of him a little bit. And I don't think that, <clears throat> excuse me, that the Giants have their answer quarterback right now. So whoever their next quarterback is, that he, um, Nathaniel Hackett can um, just kind of rub a little off of the wisdom that Rogers gave him. I went with a name that uh, Bradley just mentioned, and that was Doug Peterson. Oh, my um, gosh. We are 100% <laughs> on the same wavelength. You have my cheat sheet here. So, oh, right. No, I don't. I guess we just, you know, two peas in a pod right there. <laughs> <laughs> so I went with Peterson. He knows the division. I think he's ready for another opportunity. He brings kind of some a good offensive um, spark to that room, I think a little bit can kind of get them on the right track, whether, and then that's figuring out whether Daniel Jones is the guy or isn't he at this point probably isn't, but they don't really have a great opportunity necessarily to fill that in. But I think he could maybe even help get the most out of Daniel Jones. I went with Jim Harbaugh. I don't know Ooh. why, but I did. I think. <laughs> no, I appreciate your honesty. No, I'm just kidding. I think. I think out of all these teams, Vegas and the Giants both need structure. They need yeah. someone to come in and control the locker room. It seems like both scenarios with. Uh, help me out. Who was the Joe Vegas? Judge. No, a John Judge, Gruden. I, John Gruden. Bad situation. Joe Judge. It really spiraled fast they need guys that are really good leaders that can control the locker room i think this is jim harbaugh and i think he's a guy that could turn it around for the giants like i already said i went with doug peterson here um you think about the market the new york giants fan base they're done with the nonsense doug peterson's been through that with philly he's won a super bowl there offensive minded feel like it's a great fit for the new york giants especially if they get a newish quarterback i don't know if they will could be foreshadowing to something. They should. Okay. We've talked about the Denver Broncos. Has anything changed for your number one coaching candidate or fit for the Denver Broncos? Because I know for me, mine has. Let's hear it. And I don't know why, but I've heard like things like this guy is their number one target. It's Dan Quinn. Mm -hmm. it, honestly, I'm not, it doesn't make sense where you fire a defensive minded head coach and then bring in another one. Yeah, yeah, which I shouldn't say anything because who knows if the Vikings will do that too. Um, but maybe he's he's learned it in his time with Dallas, something like that. I'm not sure, but I, I would go with Dan Quinn. I think it would be a huge mistake just because their defense was elite. So they need to come in and have someone freshen up the offense, and that's why I went with Nathaniel Hackett. By the way, I would say hire Hackett and go get Rodgers. Tell the quarterback coach, hey, we'll pay you double whatever Green Bay's going to pay you to be the offensive coordinator. Come come be the OC in Denver. Rodgers, we got your boys. Come in. Okay, so um, hate to change the subject. We're all football fans, people listening. Something just happened with the San Francisco 49ers and Dallas Cowboys game. Jeremy, fill us in on what just happened. So I, I haven't seen yet. Did, did they? So basically they, they got it to about the 25s. 
and Dallas was going up to clock it. And they clocked it after it the clock hit zero. No. Game <laughs> over. Game oh over. God, they actually so, so the Cowboys got it back with about 30, 40 seconds left. They ran a nice hook and ladder play, got it up to about the, the 35. They ran one more play, got it to the 25, tried to get up and clock it. Zeros over. Oof. That's gut wrenching. San Francisco to the Green Bay Packers now. That's gonna be, Should such be an a interesting game. one. Do we have any more Denver Bronco ones? I don't I forget what I had Dan Quinn too. So you tell me you had Dan Quinn too. I did not. Okay. <laughs> the one I liked, so I did switch it a little bit because I put Hackett at a at another option here. Oh, so the name I put here was Eric Bienemy. I like Simpler. it. I do. I like it a lot. Similar to the the uh, argument that Bradley had for him in in Las Vegas, same type of argument here in, in Denver, and also just add a new kind of again like. We just mentioned if you fire a defensive-minded coach, you kind of think that you wouldn't hire the light version of it. You kind of try to infuse a different sort of mentality there, and that's where I think the enemy would be that. It makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about them. Oh, dear. Minnesota Vikings, the last team we have. Who wants to start us off? Well, I foreshadowed mine, so I had hacked. Yes, Oh, wow. Um, so in my very biased opinion, I think this is one of the better jobs out there um, of these situations. But so I think it's do. not really biased because the national media is also saying that too. So I, okay. I would enough. say you're not biased for that. Um, so the guy I have, I feel like you guys aren't going to like it, is Doug Peterson. Oh, my. Uh, guys, guys won a Super Bowl. Uh, he did it with Nick Foles, culture guy, offensive minded. I think he, he checks a lot of boxes for uh, the Vikings, and I think he'd be able to have some creativity with Kirk and the offensive weapons that we have. I hate it. That's fine. <laughs> I do. I That's do. fine. That's fine. Bradley knows I hate it. I know he does. <laughs> Go ahead, Brady. I do not want to hack it. Talk about Hackett. I know that's what you want. a head coach that plays their third-string quarterback instead of their rookie quarterback in the last game of the season instead of trying. Okay, that I, I don't want. That I get. <laughs> My number one locked and loaded candidate for the Minnesota Vikings is none other than Nathaniel Hackett. I, I cannot wait to hear this rationale. If you watch their offense in Green Bay, outside of the talent that they have from Aaron Rodgers, the offense is great. Like they run the football well, they get it to their star receiver, which we have in Minnesota. It's a very scripted offense. I'm not, I'm not taking away anything that Aaron Rodgers does, but it is a very good offense. And then if you look at him and if your argument's like, okay, he's in LaFleur's system. That's kind he's, of, yeah. he's, he's playing with Aaron Rodgers. Look at him before he was in Jacksonville. and took Blake Bortles to the AFC title game. Oh, Packers boy. So My, mind you, you got the absolute most out of Jacksonville's offense. Mind you, number 12, who has been known to be very hard on coaches likes him a lot goes to bat he, for him and, and commands the room a lot so it's it's a very good candidate i went a different just, route because i think he's before gonna, you i'm oh, super so happy i'm super happy that we got that notification today that they interviewed nathaniel hackett yes to start um i went a different route i went kevin o'connell offense coordinator I like that one too uh, uh for the rams i need Ooh. an offensive coach is what i need i don't care if we're, we're taken off the the Sean McVay tree 
it works. It has worked for a lot of people. And he has a relationship with Kirk Cousins, was his quarterback coach uh, in the past and has been a part of a Shanahan offense as well. So he's not just bringing whatever Sean McVay does. He's been there a time or two. I think it's time to get a young offensive-minded head coach in Minnesota, and I think that would help a ton. Can I go through this like categories thing? Because I we've obviously had time since our season's over of head coaches, and let me know if I'm way off base on any of these. This is for the Minnesota Vikings. Sorry, Jeremy, we're going to go through a little <laughs> Under we'll the talk love next week category. about the Packers loss. <laughs> <laughs> Under the love category, Nathaniel Hackett, Byron Leftwich, Eric yes. Bieniemy, Brian Dable, and that's it for the love category. Kevin O'Connell. The don't hate, which is like me, would be Kellen Moore and Kevin O'Connell. Get out of here, yeah. Kellen Moore. I don't I, want him. I'm, I'm fine with. I would be okay with him. I think he's he's going to get interviewed. The irate if we get them, Todd Bowles, Jim Harbaugh, oh, no. Jim Caldwell, Lane Kiffin, Doug Peterson, <laughs> and Brian Flores. I, oh. I don't hate Brian Flores as a coach. I just don't think we need any – He, I mean, he's a great coach. Players like him a little bit, but I don't like the drama that's coming out where it's like he told Tua that he should have had – Mac Jones instead of him. We, we don't I we say just that. got rid of drama. Yeah. Like we, we don't need any more of that. So that was my list. Number one is Nathaniel Hackett, though, for me. <clears throat> that'd be so weird with the Packers. Oh, that'd be so weird. Becker, who'd you have? He had Hackett. Oh, yikes. That's my bad. Jeremy and I were on like the same page for like six <laughs> of these eight. <laughs> so quite <laughs> impressive. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> um, any other coaching topics um, or even? Yeah, playoffs? no, I think, I think we should honestly, we should have a conversation about who's coaching in Dallas next year. Really? Oof. That's a good question. I was going to actually bring that up. Any play, are there any playoff teams that are currently still playing that you, that you think could be looking for a new head coach? Obviously, Bradley just said Dallas. You could argue that they lost the game because of not being disciplined and all the penalties they had today. And in my opinion, that falls on the head coach because you coach being disciplined, in my opinion. It's, and he just really hasn't had that much success in being there. The All the flags today seem so odd to me because that was not a trait of his when he was the Packers coach. So it just seems like very out of character. But So, so would you say Kellen Moore would, would be, be like their head coach? Over? Would just take over Dallas's head coaching job? I mean, probably. I don't think that's the right move, but yeah, probably. Here's a team for you. The Arizona Cardinals. No, I think if they, I think if they lose, Kingsbury could get fired. That hire was always odd to me. It's been an odd hire, and the the last was the last two or three seasons where they've like peaked early and then just fallen Mm. off the face of the earth. What they've lost five of their last six, something like that. Yikes. I think, I think it would be surprising, but if they went out and laid surprising. an absolute egg tomorrow, I guess I, I could see a world where it would happen. Before we world. do move on to he- off of head coaching jobs, I do want to give a shout out. I need a shout out Zach Taylor. I was quite harsh on him. What was it last year? <laughs> yeah, like, you were. They need to get rid of Zach Taylor. It's not, it's not a good fit. He's proved me wrong. I'm sure other people probably thought that as well. But he's been fantastic. They 
they're looking really good. They're they, they look great. really good. So, yeah. Uh, shout out to him. Anything else, or can we take a quick break? Burrow is the truth. What'd you say? I said Burrow is the truth. He's got some swagger. Definitely. That'll be an interesting um, second round matchup. But let's take a quick break. We'll come back and look at teams' top targets. Hi, guys. This is Jeremy Becker from the Fourth and a Mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at Fourth and a Mile Pod. That's Fourth and a Mile Pod. Thanks, guys. And now back to the sports. We are back into the Fourth and a Mile podcast. We are now at the point where we are fixing each of the top eight draft pick teams. Obviously, there are some trades. We are going with the original team that was picking there. So if the Jets traded um, or had pick seven or whatever because of a trade, we're doing the original team that was there. First team that we are starting off with that we are fixing, this is one wish list that they should do, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bradley, what should the Jags do? Honestly, a really enticing team for a head coach, GM, whatever. Uh, for me, it's get to you all weapons. And there's many ways to do that. The first thing is a head coach. We talked about Byron Leftwich. That's a that's a huge plus for Trevor Lawrence. The other two areas is offensive line and wide receiver. You got Travis Etienne coming back. Get him somebody on the outside that he can really just, hey, a Jamar Chase for what Joe Burrow was to Jamar Chase. Um, and then offensive line help. The big thing for Jacksonville is that you don't need to you don't need to rush to go get uh, offensive tackle at number one overall pick. You're going to be able to get an OT at pick 33. You submit Aiden Hutchinson, just do the right thing. He's a game record on defense, improve your defense. Let's, let's not forget about cap space. Jacksonville has 63 million in cap space to go get free agent players. So you can get a good free agent offensive tackle. You can go get a good wide receiver. You can really improve your team through this, this route. Okay. I'm going to go next. My fixing of the Jacksonville Jaguars Don't say draft is Evan quite Neal. simple. You draft Evan Neal because your most prized possession is Trevor Lawrence. Get yourself a cornerstone left tackle, which is Evan Neal. He's a blue chip player. Um, like Bradley said, you have $63 million to spend in free agency. Go get edge rushers. Chandler Jones, Von Miller, those players are out there. Get those guys. Chandler Jones would be a perfect fit for Jacksonville. You already have um, – Caleb on chase on and uh, Josh Allen. So chase on hasn't been as great. So you, you fill in uh, Chandler Jones, the best tackle, I believe out in free agency is Teron Armstead. He's had injury issues. Um, I agree with Bradley. You protect or you get talent around Trevor Lawrence. The best way to do that is take Evan Neal with your number one overall pick. Wow. Is he the best offensive tackle in the class? Yes. Oh, we should, talk yeah. our, we should we should talk to our resident offensive line expert. We He's not. Who's <laughs> number one, Bradley? Uh, OT NC State. Akeem Equinu. I wanted you to say it. Not going to, so quit asking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go next here. For the Jags, Let's I just – Hold on. Before our, our listeners get fooled, Evan Neal is the best tackle in this class. Hmm. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, for me, for the Jaguars, it's just get like it's just been touched on already. Just get weapons around them. I I'm gonna be sounding the horn for a lot of different teams to get Allen Robinson, 
for veteran leadership on a very cheap contract. He's going to have a one-year prove a deal very likely of, Hey, just resetting his market. And I think a young quarterback like Lawrence would really enjoy having that in the red zone and just to go up there and get it kind of a guy. And um, so that's kind of where I think the Jaguars should go and just draft the best player available at one, regardless of position. How about Chris Godwin? Yeah, I could mess with that too. Especially Byron Leftwich is their head coach too. That'd be nice. That'd be real fun. I'd like that. Um, mine honestly was very simple. Just add more structure. Please be legitimate. Like Not just stop. Leadership. Like like let's just not be JV. Like they do have. It, Bradley said it. I think right. Like they have a ton of promising talent. They are a team with a a pretty good trajectory if you do it right. It really out of. They got to figure out how to do it right. It really reminds me of the Cincinnati Bengals picking early a couple different times. You have a lot of different ways to build up your defense or build up your offense with the salary cap. And you have an early pick to set a cornerstone for whatever, whichever way you want to go. If you go Evan Neal, that's fine. Then you're proving that, Hey, then I need to go get pass rushers in free agency. If you go with Aiden Hutchinson, then you say, okay, then I need to go find a way to protect Trevor Lawrence. You need to build around your number one overall pick. Totally agree. Let's move to the Detroit Lions, a team that showed um, some promise this year. What should they do to fix their team and possibly make a push for the playoff next year? I feel like they have they have a good plan in place. I think Campbell has helped be a good leader, a good calming presence to, to what they're doing. They just need more difference-making talent. And it doesn't necessarily have to be you know they could use another maybe another receiver they could use offensive linemen they could use corners they could really use secondary help it could be any really any one of those positions they just need more difference making talent right and for those reasons I think just growing the roster and being very patient in the quarterback position because I think this isn't the time to like put all your chips in to the middle with quarterback, you have a lot more needs than that. So getting, you know, the filling out the wide receiver room, drafting again, best player available, or even trading back and getting more first round picks for the following year or this year, second and third round, second and third round picks the next year too. So I just think not panicking and continuing to flush out your roster because Dan Campbell is, I think we all agree has been a great hire thus, thus far. So I really like what they're doing in Detroit and just keep trusting the process. Go ahead, Brady. Hey, so for me, this is get a cornerstone pass rusher. You're picking at pick number two. There are two elite pass rushers, and I believe that is a position of need for you. So at pick two, you're either getting Kayvon Thibodeau or Tibbs, like we're going to call him Tibbs. (laughs) or We're not calling him Tibbs. Yes, we are. Or Aiden Hutchinson. You get one of those two players. Your team played extremely hard under Dan Campbell. Go get your best player available. Don't reach for a quarterback because you're still paying a lot for Jared Goff mm-hmm. and then run it back next year. If you need a draft quarterback the following year, go for it. But is this contract year? Available. Next year? Next year is his last year under contract. Okay. I also had improving the pass rush. They were 30th in the NFL in sacks. Um, so they need to get to the quarterback. That's going to help a lot of different areas in your defense. I look at San Francisco right now. They don't have elite cover corners at this point, but they generate a lot of pressure with their front four and they're able to kind of mask what their corners do. The same applies for Detroit. Now go get some guys that can get after the quarterback. Don't put your corners on islands. They've invested in their corners. Jeff Okuda needs to take a step next year as well. 
Totally agree. Let's talk about the Houston Texans. What do the Texans need to do? This is this is honestly probably the easiest one and settle the tension with Deshaun. Make sure number four is playing quarterback for you next year. Mine was yeah. different. I mean, if that's an option, I don't I didn't know if that that bridge was burned already, but if that's an option, by all means. Um, but just figuring out Davis Mills is that answer by surrounding him with talent. So the Calvin Ridley, if that's an option, a Godwin, Allen Robinson, just getting more options so you can figure it out. And kind of like what the Giants did with Daniel Jones, like, hey, either you're going to succeed or you're going to fail, but we're not going to have you short of weapons. So not that the Giants did a great job of doing so with, you know, their Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay but <laughs> yeah. let's yes. call it what it is. It was Kenny Galladay. <laughs> yes, it very much was. So mine was pretty specific here. Mine was trade to Sean Watson to the New York Giants. I think that if Brian Flores does not become the head coach of the Houston Texans, I believe it's the New York Giants that he becomes the head coach for. Go get their fir- two first round picks in the 2022 draft. Maybe even add another first in the in 23. I, I believe the asking price is going to be three first round picks for that kind of talent. You get three picks in this year's draft that would all be in the top 10. That's elite talent all over the place. Draft best player available. If Davis Mills isn't the option next year, you have two first round picks then to look at a quarterback. So I feel like the pieces are there. They played hard this year. I mean, they competed with teams for the most part. Obviously, a couple bad games against Buffalo um, and some other teams, but try and get a young head coach that's there for the long haul and, and use your future to try and get some draft picks too. I also had trade Deshaun Watson for a haul and don't rush at the quarterback position. Did we, did Bradley and I miss out on a zoom call before this about <laughs> discussing what we're locked our ideas right are? Now. We're it. locked and loaded. <laughs> I started laughing because of course I had the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> talking the new york jets now what do the jets need to do to to figure out the issues that are going on there i think the me, easy one, go ahead i was just gonna say i think that low-hanging fruit is building around zach wilson i said i think i think he made a lot of improvement when he came back from from his injury looked promising they've got cap space they've they've got you know capital like they need to just start building around him i think it starts in the receiver room and then probably ends in the offensive line room. Like they need, they need both of those positions uh, badly to help him. Yeah. What I was going to say is just give Robert Sala the pieces to run his defense. Their, their talent is not very good on defense. Last year, they invested their first four picks into the offensive side of the football. I say you use that 53.6 million you have in cap space, go improve your offense and then let Robert Sala draft good defensive players that fit his mold, what he's trying to do on defense. I think that's I a good idea. Too. Yep. I had defense. I, I think at where they're picking this year too, you could see some defensive players taken in their picks. Um, I think they need help at edge. They, they didn't get to use Carl Lawson this year, unfortunately with that, I believe he had a torn Achilles, um, but just, you need secondary help. So there's two really good players in their draft eight range that they could take. I wouldn't suggest taking both of them, but um, just, I mean, you hire Robert Sala to have a good defense. So give him the, the resources to have a good defense. Yeah. And then I think they're going to have a similar, I think uh, Becker was touching on this, a similar decision that the Bengals had this past off season of you have two needs to help your quarterback offensive line or playmakers on the outside. Where do you go? And obviously for the Bengals that worked out great 
in picking uh, Jamar Chase, but that may have been an isolated incident because they had a lot of rapport. But it's kind of an interesting dynamic. The problem is that there's not really a Jamar Chase in this draft. Right. And, and it's, That's not it's a disrespectful because, to any of the wide receivers. No, in this I don't class. think it it's is. Just, it's, it stinks because you don't know what you have with Mekhi Becton. He's just been hurt so much. Like, if he has a healthy season next year, I mean, he was great when he played in his rookie year. Got mm-hmm. injured both years. So he's just really got to get back to moving those cars. <laughs> God. Okay. Let's move to the other New York team, the New York Giants. What do the New York Giants need to do? Fix their issues. Get a new quarterback in any way, shape, or form. Uh, <laughs> I have that too. <laughs> like, it just, it's like, what is it? He's been there for three years, I think, yeah. Daniel Jones. Um, so, in my opinion, for rookie quarterbacks, like, that's kind of the give them three years completely go all in on them they did it didn't work out you have to there's no shame in admitting you were wrong just you have to can't double down like you just got to get somebody else i know there's people that think otherwise too i i agree with you that's my i said trade for a quarterback but i know people are like that have said on national tv like give him another year with a new offense like man i, I disagree but someone Heck no. feel otherwise my my tip or new year's resolution i guess you could say is trade for russell wilson Ooh. use your first two top 10 picks and get russell wilson man that's i i think that's a great fit for us like i I would honestly but like he, he has a wife that wants to be in new york or in a big city like it just makes a lot of sense he's probably got what five to eight years left like you think in retirement you want to finish with a team like Seattle's not the long-term play for Russell Wilson. I don't think. No, it seems agree. to be the vibes. Yeah. If, I agree. If they don't go out and make a move for a quarterback, they need to beef up the trenches. Their offensive line is absolutely miserable. I mean, to be honest, like I think we could all say Daniel Jones probably isn't the answer, but honestly it's hard to even put a quarterback there and figure out who is because their offensive line is just so abysmal. So we need to give a shout to, out to one member of their offense line who we ridiculed Bradley for being his number one because he was terrible his rookie year. Andrew Thomas had a really good year this last year. He was he, he was really good. He was their lone bright spot. <laughs> you need four other spots though because the rest are not good. So love love AT. <laughs> don't ever call him AT. Trust the process AT. There's one AT and he lives AT in Minnesota. He lives in Minnesota. The Carolina Panthers. I'm going to start with this one. Well, let's before you do. There's so many different ways you can go with this team. This yep. one, I think, honestly, this one might be the biggest dumpster fire out of any team. That's fair. Lots my of <laughs> my suggestion for this one was fire Matt Rule. I don't think he's the answer. It's not, ha- it's not happening. <laughs> I'm just you're saying. just you're holding a grudge for Joe Brady. It's is bad. Like, who goes on the radio and says? after he's been at like an all pro left tackle this year as a rookie in Rashawn Slater and say, yeah, we, we still didn't think he could play tackle. Like just keep it to yourself. You idiot. Yeah. Like go on. <laughs> like bad. my goodness, just say we were wrong. Like he obviously is doing good. I, I don't love it. I, I think it was mismanaged the whole situation. If I'm David temper, it's like, let's, let's start over. Like, would you, would you temper your expectations though? 
Sure, Josh. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> just couldn't help yourself, huh? Yeah, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'll just transition in mine. It's really quick. Trade for Deshaun Watson. Um, I <laughs> I kind of was on uh on the bandwagon for holding out for Sam Darnold. I thought he showed a lot better promise in the first half than he did last, but I think it was a facade with just a rushing touchdown. You know, he wasn't going to be able to keep that up. So Deshaun Watson, get another quarterback in there. Mine is improve your offensive line. They need a lot of help on the offensive line. It's hard to see what you got with Sam Darnold uh, until you improve that, in my opinion. Their defense is, their defense is pretty good. I'll give them that they, they fly around. They have a lot of good playmakers, but their, their offensive line is really the stem of their troubles on offense. Well, a couple of, couple of drafts ago, didn't they draft exclusively oh, not on last the defensive year. end? Yeah, not last ago. year, but the year yeah. before. Yeah. That's bold. I like it. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm matching with the, the other twin this time. Um, I also had offensive line. I, I wrote, obviously the, the, the answer is needed at quarterback but that's easier said than done. Like, it's just, you know, there's only so many options out there. So I'm going back to the well with the offensive line here, but Bradley is hundred percent correct. It is not good. Um, and they need, they need to attack that. They have gone very heavy into their defense and I think it's worked. I think their defense is, is pretty good. They have some, some pretty good individual players over there. Um, but they really need to put some, some emphasis on the trenches on the offensive side of the football. Let's talk Chicago Bears. What do the Chicago Bears need to do? The Bears. The Bears. They don't Bears have a draft pick, a so they might be the Bears. <laughs> what should the Bears do? In my opinion, the thing that the Bears need to do is they need to find a coach that's going to maximize Justin Fields' potential. And, and honestly, that's why I picked Doug Peterson, because I think that's a guy that will. And I just think if you want to hit the nail on the head and prove yourself right, because you you mortgage a lot to get up and get Justin Fields, you need to make sure you're right on that. I had the same answer, I, I but it, not Doug Peterson. It was Brian Dable. I, I said hire him to get the most out of Justin Fields. His resume speaks for him itself for what he did with Josh Allen. I think go and do that. See where the chips lay. Yeah, my pick was was Dable when we talked about it previously. Um, whether your offensive-minded coach is Dable, it's Hackett, it's Bienemy, I whatever the choice ends up being, they definitely need an offensive-minded coach in there to help set up Justin Fields. And then on top of that, they really got to hit on their GM because Pace has not helped out that franchise. And if they can hit on a GM, that could really help situ because they're not in that bad of a situation. Like their defense isn't bad like they, they they've got yeah. some playmakers like they aren't like david montgomery darnell mooney they have names they just really need the next right step so if they get a gm in there that is making the right calls and not signing every single tight end that comes available they might have a good trajectory <laughs> moving forward <clears throat> to a no trade clause <laughs> 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 Grant, like if you'd have done that seven years ago be like oh okay that's fine but no yeah it's kind of redundant but i just said be patient with fields like you just put everything into them so you gotta give it three years to see what you have our last team the atlanta falcons this one should be interesting what are you guys thoughts on the atlanta falcons fixing I I had get a young quarterback to learn under matt ryan for a year i i think that's a good way for quarterbacks to kind of 
hit the ground running. Uh, that's kind of similar to what Pat Mahomes did. I know it was a little different because he played at the end of the year, but I think that's a way for the Falcons to have a long-term outlook for their under center. I think they need playmakers on defense. They're very, very bad on defenses last year. And I think they need to get more playmakers on defense. I agree with you, Bradley. I specifically said add a rudge. Uh, wow. A rudge an rusher. Edge, an edge presence. <laughs> so I went a little bit different with the Atlanta Falcons. I've been high on move, Atlanta Falcons. M- move Cal Pitts to, to quarterback. I've, I've had like my track record of like, lifetime contract of Atlanta Falcons like highs. Here's, here's my suggestion. Embrace the rebuild. Trade Calvin Ridley. Trade Matt Ryan if you can. Find a team like Washington who might want him to go after a, a championship or, or a division title or something like that. Your team is not like, I mean, yes, you're, you had flashes this good. year and like you were in the playoff hunt for a little bit, but you beat teams that were just <clears throat> horrible. Like you got to embrace the rebuild, build around Kyle Pitts, call it good. What do you think they could get for Calvin Ridley? Second round pick. Isn't that what the price was for Julio? A second rounder? Yeah, and I would argue Kelvin Ridley has more value than Julio. When That's kind of where I was going with that, yeah. You, you make a really good point, though, Brady, because I think this year they really tried to put the Band-Aid on it and, like, avoid that rebuild, and it just didn't, you know, it got them to, what, just a couple games under 500? Like, How much different would their outlook be right now? <laughs> and trust me, I love Kyle Pitts. But if they would have drafted Justin Fields instead of Kyle Pitts, they have a lot a higher of an outlook right now because, hey, you have your quarterback of the future type thing. Like right now, Matt Ryan, I had Matt Ryan in a super flex league. He was my quarterback too. I know he was horrible all year long. He was terrible. So I don't know. You just got to embrace the rebuild. Hopefully find a team. I don't think you're going to find a team that He's would want a, his a contract. very, very bad contract. I mean, this team, like, in their salary, they ha- they're over the cap right now by $3 million. Yeah, They're ranked 27. Oh, you have to blow it up. You have like, to. That's Like, that's a full-fledged rebuild. Like, if I'm blanking on the head coach's name right now. Arthur but Smith. Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith, I'm not loving life. Like, no. it's not looking good. But, I don't know. Maybe be early on the Bryce Young sweepstakes strapped with cash and don't have a lot of upside not a good spot to be hitting no no um let's do our ones gotta go so uh, we have been making our way around the draft prospects uh today we are talking about wide receivers our i would say consensus we're gonna do five so a little story here we gave four the four wide receivers were chris olave garrett wilson drake london and Traylon burks for the wide receivers this was in mind that Jameson Williams did get injured. Um, the wide receiver from Alabama, he tore his ACL. So my initial thought was that he was going to be out of like the running for the best receiver. Turns out he's not still, still one of the top candidates. So we're doing five. Who is your one's got to go for this one? Josh, there's five of them. I'm starting with you since you are our resident expert for the wide receiver position. So for me, the one that's got to go is Traylon Burks. Um, for a couple reasons um uh, some consistency with motor has been an issue get off the pod 
<laughs> of him giving it 100% each and every route. And then to go along with route running, I think one thing that I found in, in that's translated really, really well to the professional game has been route running. If that's your, like your bread and butter, then your transition to the NFL is going to be easier um, because you can, you know, break away off the top of routes, you know, at the, every level, it's going to be easy. So um, I had Traylon Burks that's subject to change in the next, you know, couple months when doing more film work and what in things like that. But um, I tell you what though, Garrett Wilson is really st uh, stuck out for me is um, the number one for me right now. I like Bradley, which one's got to go for you? So the two that are safe are Burks and Williams for me. I think James Williams is elite. I think he would have been the first one taken if he didn't tear his ACL. Um, then I would go with Chris Olave. Now it's between Garrett Wilson and Drake London. For me, I don't trust Garrett Wilson's hands, but I'm still going to go with Drake London just because I think there's a lot more that Drake London still has to prove compared to Garrett Wilson. Do you see a Michael really? Pittman in Drake London? A little bit? No. Eh, different, different. Ain't nobody MPJ, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> Better Michael Pittman Jr. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, mine was Drake London. Sorry. I don't know if I'm crazy. Mine's Chris Olave. I knew it was gonna be. I'm lower on Chris Olave. I thought he should have went out last year. His stock, I think, yeah. went down a little bit. Yep. Uh, wow. What'd you say? It's, 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 oh, it's a love. Yeah. Hindsight, um, that's that was what my first try on pronouncing pronouncing his last name. So um it's tough when both Wilson and Olave are not the number one receiver on their team. Okay. Chill. <laughs> Smith and Watch out 20. Good. Yeah, he's really also, good. He, he's really good. You have to understand he was the guy that nobody knew before. Like <laughs> The two guys they were targeting was Wilson and Olave. Just relax. <laughs> Not going but to. Can we rank these guys? <laughs> Bradley, you already ranked yours. Josh, rank yours one through five. Oh, here, man. Right now. Again, very much subject to change, but I would go. Um, I almost said Olave one. That's not true. Garrett Wilson one. Drake London two. Jameson Williams three. Chris Olave four. Traylon Burks five. Jeremy, how about you? Let's go Wilson, Burks, Williams, Alave, London. Okay, and I go Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, and Chris Alave. To be 100% honest with you, I think this class is low-key underrated for mm -hmm. the wide receiver position. They're not going to have a guy, that, in my opinion, that goes in the top seven or eight like the last couple of years, but I, I think the class is going to be really good, especially for fantasy purposes. Keep your eye out on these guys. But they could still have like five or six in the first round. Oh, yeah. No. Like, Very easily. <laughs> there's a, probably a couple guys that we didn't talk about on this list that could maybe sneak in, mm -hmm. but that's the fun part about it. Absolutely. Well, that wraps up this episode of Fourth and a Mile. Thank you, all, all of you, for joining us. Go deep. We'll see you next time.